We could use your help keeping the Omaha History Podcast going. Please consider becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Go to patreon.com slash Omaha. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It'll help pay the light bill. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. Once there was a massive public housing project located at the intersection of North 24th and Paul Streets in the near Northside neighborhood, originally called the Northside Village Public Housing Project, The name was officially changed in honor of the famous Omaha tribe leader, Logan Fontenelle. Starting in the late 70s, these projects were unofficially known as Little Vietnam. Tell us about that, Adam. In the early 1990s, I was a teenager who was determined to learn his neighborhood. I was a dorky guy. I went to North High and really was excited to find out the history of the neighborhood. I didn't have a way to. There wasn't an Internet that was accessible to me at that point. And all of my mentors, for everything that they had told me, there was so much that they hadn't. I lived way up at 24th and Fort. And anywhere south, was we were discouraged from going to. I was a, as a white kid, uh, it wasn't particularly known to be uh, hospitable or otherwise okay. But I went anyway. I went because of Boy Scouts and to find those mentors. I went because of church and to find those mentors. I went because of jobs and programs. And the Urban League leadership program that I went to as a teenager was rated in the middle of uh, the near north side neighborhood. But one of the places that was absolutely off limits and a place that I never did go was called Little Vietnam. Little Vietnam was a federally funded public housing project uh, that was built in the late 1930s to help alleviate the housing issues that came up during the Great Depression. Originally built exclusively for white people, uh, the federal government had not anticipated the number of African Americans in Omaha that qualified to live inside of the projects. Almost immediately after opening um, with the original 500 units, they spent the federal government spent another two years building an additional uh, 500 units and Omaha's housing projects were unofficially segregated. Uh, blacks lived here, whites lived there. The whites had come from Eastern Europe, fleeing World War I and fleeing Hitler's Germany uh, and the plight that it was taking on all around Europe at that point. They had also, there was also low-income whites who had lived in Omaha for generations who had moved out of places like uh, East Omaha and down in the North Omaha bottoms and along Squatters Row, and they'd moved up into the projects. These folks all had their own customs, all had their own traditions, and the federally, the federal government, especially through the Workers' Progress Administration that was located down at Carter Lake in a camp there, along with um, workers from the city of Omaha and other places, they were very excited to open up the first part at 24th and Paul Streets. The second half was finished in 1941, uh, going from North 20th to Clark Streets all the way over to 16th. At its peak, there were more than 2,100 residents occupying Logan Fontenelle. It's interesting, Steve, because of all of the people fleeing 
that oppression in Europe and of all of the African Americans moving into the projects, the city of Omaha seemed woefully underprepared for what needed to happen there. There was a central courtyard with a playground in the middle of it. There were some laundry facilities. And there were open units that came open every now and then. Trees were planted all around. And uh, the Kellum Elementary School that was on the south side of the projects was supposed to serve the students from the projects, uh, the young students themselves. They rebuilt the Kellum School in the 1950s uh, to help situate those folks who had lived in the projects. However, by the 1970s and 80s, the projects had become almost exclusively African-American. Low-income white people had moved down to East Omaha to live in to live in temporary houses and trailer courts, as well as into the Section 8 housing, which was becoming more popular in the late 80s. The Omaha Housing Corporation uh, put together Section 8 vouchers for poorer people, for low-income people to live across the city and to move out of the projects. And in, in the early 1990s, launched a plan to demolish the Logan Fontenelle projects. Now, why did they do that? Aside from being segregated, it seemed like the projects were needed. It seemed like they were places to live and there were families that were being raised there. In the late 1960s, 1969, there was actually a riot that happened because of the Logan Fontenelle projects. A young girl whose name was Vivian Strong went to play in an empty unit in one of the project departments. And when the cops were called, she and her friends took off out of this unit and they started running down an alley. A white police officer named James Loader shot her in the back, a 14-year-old girl. Shot her in the back and killed her right there, right in the middle of the Logan Fontenelle projects. And things in the projects only got worse. Despite Baseball player Bob Gibson growing up there, Kathy Hughes, you know, the big media titan, and lots of other folks who did get out, lots of people never made it out. That police violence went on and on. Police targeted people in the projects routinely. In the late 1980s, crack had swept into North Omaha and was causing an epidemic in the, in the project specifically. The Logan Fontenelle Project became notorious for all the violence and gang activity, and that was the reason why I was discouraged from going there. Despite being a well-meaning white kid, it was no place for me uh, because of the Crips and Bloods who identified the Little Vietnam as their hood. Little Vietnam, it took on that name because of how violent it was. There were drive-bys, there were shootings, there were stabbings, there were muggings, there, were, there was burglary. The police did a terrible job of keeping the neighborhood safe. And then over-policed it habitually, targeting African-American men and arresting them indiscriminately. Whether or not they were gang-affiliated was irrelevant, and whether or not they committed crimes became irrelevant. It was a dangerous place for a lot of reasons. Anyhow, when the National Guard took over the projects in 1969, that was the beginning of the end. By 1988, the New York Times was reporting on the crack epidemic inside of the projects, inside of the Logan Fontenelle projects. And in 1994, there was a group of African Americans who sued the federal government for disallowing them to move into Logan Fontenelle. That's right. Blacks were being kept out of Little Vietnam by 1994. Well, regardless, the Omaha Housing Authority had its own vision. Beginning in 1991... They started wrecking the projects, and by 1995, they were completely gone. The Logan Fontenelle projects stood no more. Instead, they were replaced, redeveloped 
with new urbanist-type houses, a couple of businesses, lots of single-family homes, and no more sign that Little Vietnam had ever existed. Today, you drive into the area at 24th and Paul, and you'll see new buildings, you'll see new houses, you'll see fresh streets. You'll see a neighborhood that's kept up differently, maybe more effectively than any other in North Omaha, because the city was behind that money, the government, the federal government was behind that money, and there's no evidence that taking down Logan Fontenelle projects that anybody misses them today. No historical plaque, no memory of the site. Instead, it just lives in people's hearts and minds. The families, the people, the criminals, and even the good people who lived in Logan Fontenelle have all the history now. And that's a little bit about the history of Little Vietnam and North Omaha. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.